Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the Russian Olympic doping scandal. Here's what you need to know. In February of 2014, all eyes were on Russia as the Winter Olympics opened in Sochi, the first games to be held there since the collapse of the Soviet Union. Russian athletes have always been top competitors, but at the Sochi Olympics, the Russian team blew the competition away, winning 33 medals, including 13 golds, 10 more than it had won in the 2010 Olympics. But something smelled fishy. 
Later that year, allegations of corruption and systematic doping from former Russian anti-doping agency official Vitaly Stepanov and his wife Yulia, a former Russian athlete, went public in a German documentary about Russia's, quote, secret weapon. Stepanov had been secretly working with the World Anti-Doping Agency, a.k.a. WADA, since the 2010 Vancouver Olympics, where he began blowing the whistle on his homeland. By 2015, WADA had identified Dr. Gregory Rachenkov, director of the anti-doping lab in Moscow, as the linchpin in what they described as an extensive state-sponsored doping program in Russia. The accusations against Rachenkov included extorting money from athletes, covering up positive drug tests, and destroying hundreds of urine samples. Rachenkov, who denied only the allegation of extortion, admitted to developing a way for athletes to use banned performance-enhancing substances and go undetected. A cocktail of three anabolic steroids was used by many top-level Russian athletes before the London Olympics in 2012 and throughout the Sochi Olympics. The drugs were dissolved in alcohol, which helped both speed up the absorption and minimize the detection window. The men were served chivas, the women martini vermouth, a precise mixture of one milligram of steroids per milliliter of alcohol. The athletes were instructed to swish the cocktail around in their mouths and under their tongues. Meanwhile, anti-doping experts and Russian intelligence agents would break into the testing labs in the middle of the night and pass tainted urine samples into a shadow lab through a hand-sized hole in the wall. There, they mysteriously bypassed the standard tamper-proof bottles used in international competition and replaced the samples with clean urine collected months earlier. All of this had been sanctioned by the Russian government. In addition to confirming evidence of the doping scandal, the McLaren Report, an independent investigation released in July of 2016, included evidence of a so-called Sochi Duchess list, which named 37 athletes on the team whose urine would be automatically swapped in the lab. One-third of the 33 medals won by the Russian team in Sochi had been awarded to athletes named in documents outlining the government's doping plan. According to Rudchenkov, those documents were provided by the sports ministry before the games started. Ultimately, the Russian doping program was one of the most elaborate and successful ploys in sports history. Do you believe the Olympics can ever be clean? You could believe, but in fact, it's a, it's a human nature. It's our sins. It has nothing to do with sports. But there are 10% or 15% of people who are incorrigibles. You can do nothing. They are cheaters by their natures, incorrigibles, 15%. How many countries are doping? 20 plus. 20 plus. For sure. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. In February 2016, Nikita Kamiev, a former director of the Russian Anti-Doping Agency, died unexpectedly of a heart attack at the age of 52. That same month, another former director of the agency, Vyacheslav Sinev, died from causes that remain unknown. With a 
us today, we have producer Amanda Lund. Hello, Rebecca. Hello, Alarmy. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest today is Alarmy member, Alarmy favorite, Adam Lustick. Thank you so much, Rebecca. Hello, Amanda. Hello, fact checker Chris. Uh, I'm, th- I'm thrilled to be Hello. here. Thanks, Rebecca. We're so excited to have you. Um, and I- I'm excited to ask you, what is recently alarming you? You know, what's your latest anxiety? Oh, that's a great question. Well, I'll give you two uh, because oh. I, I'm chock I'm chock full of them. Um, in, I knew you in, would be in a broader and kind of a broader global sense. Uh, the encroaching and impending fire season literally keeps me up at night. So I just want to sort of say that as my allergies are almost like an old man's knee, and that they swell when the weather is changing. I can tell that the air is becoming brittle and dry as I can barely breathe through my nose. So that is is making me a little bit anxious. Uh, and then in the very short term, uh, my two-year-old toddler woke up at 4.30 this morning. Uh, <laughs> so I'm swimming through a sea, a, a hazy fog of fatigue and sort of a dreamlike podcast state. Um, that's not really anxiety. That's just sort of a, I feel like, apropos to the episode, I feel like I'm on drugs myself. So um, those are just two little things. But thank you for asking. <laughs> Can I ask you the reason for waking up at 4.30 today? Let me drag him out here, and you can ask him yourself. What did he say at the time? What did he say at the time? That was his reason. He woke up, and he said, I just can't sleep. I'm thinking about the Russian doping scandal, and I'm restless. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, me too. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I think he's growing and evolving or some nonsense like that, and his brain Mm. is just growing or something annoying like that. Um, I I have um, a follow-up. I have a follow-up. What allergy uh, medication do you use? I... I've gone – I don't really mess with too much allergy medication. I'll do a Claritin mm. if need be, sort of, mm. if, if the situation gets dire. Um, but uh, I usually just tough it out and complain. I complain. Is that medicine? <laughs> That's your medication. Yeah. Because <laughs> I went to a doctor. Does it help? I went <laughs> yeah. to a doctor about this. And did you guys know that there are lo- – like the different allergy medications are different levels of how much they work on you? Oh, really? And, yeah. At the lowest is the uh, loratadine, and then it's Claritin, and then it's the Z- Zyrtec. Zyrtec. Oh. Zyrtec, Zyrtec is, is the most heavy duty. effective heavy duty. And then my doctor was also like, there are two other things you can do for bad allergies. One is nasal something, something, which is he's like Flonase. Go get Flonase, yeah. which I do. I take a good hit of that. Nice. And, no, I'm telling you, I got my allergies under control. Like yeah. I would have really bad allergies um, from the same thing, dust and whatever. Dust, your are on a strict plan over here. Yeah. So, so we're on Zyrtec and Zyrtec? <laughs> And, yeah, <laughs> and Flonase. I'm telling you, we have modern modern medicine. It can help, guys. So, in a way, you guys, what you're telling me is that you guys are doping. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you guys are allergy doping. <laughs> We're doping, and Duh. I mean that is the perfect transition into this episode and uh, putting people up on this list. Now, there's so much to put on the list. We got to get started. Putin. Let's get. St- <laughs> Starting with Putin. Whoa, is somebody yelling We can start with Putin. I was gonna I was gonna wait till later, but yeah, sure. Let's put him on and we'll talk about him later. Throw him up there. (laughs) He's up there. Let's make him sweat. sweat. He doesn't know what what we're gonna say about him. You guys, he's taking his shirt off. (laughs) Oh my god. He always is. Come on. So we first of all we got to put director Grigory uh, Rachenkov. Rachenkov. What a character! 
I mean, I was rewatching this uh, episode or, or this Icarus documentary last night. Incredible! It's just so incredible. He's such a character. Oh my like, goodness! You couldn't write him if you wanted to. Truly, uh, <laughs> he. Uh, I found myself. I was watching. I was rewatching it last night too. I had seen it, but it came out a few years ago. But in preparation for this podcast, because I'm nothing if not allergenic and prepared, <laughs> um, I was watching it a little bit. And yeah, he's like a comic character from like a Chekhov play or something. I mean, he's like the weird uncle on the on the farm in in the cherry orchard or something he's hysterical kind of lovable if i may say <laughs> yes yes i mean just as a personality right i'm very charmed by him extremely and, charmed yeah <laughs> but look he did some things let's just say he did some things yeah. according to the new york times this is a great article by rebecca r ruiz juliet mccurr and ian austin Reflecting on his career, Rachenkov said he was unapologetic about his role in Russia's doping program, considering it a condition of his employment. To receive funding and supporting for his lab, he said he had to do the Kremlin's bidding. Yeah. Now, uh, this is from another article, uh, an NPR article. Head of the Moscow Drug Testing Laboratory, Rachenkov was the architect of Russian doping at London 2012 and at the Winter Games in Sochi two years later. But when a WADA investigated uh, WADA instigated investigation in 2015 revealed the covering up of failed tests at his lab and the hasty destruction of 1,417 samples, he fled to the USA. Then, as recounted in the Oscar-winning documentary Icarus, he became a high-level whistleblower blower, confessing all. He just <laughs> opened the floodgates. Yeah. <laughs> um, Rachenkov's career in Russia, Russian doping labs appeared to have come to an end. This is so interesting. So he's he started like in the 80s, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. But it appeared to have come to an end in 2011 when he was arrested and accused of drug trafficking along with his sister Marina. Ordered to plead guilty in the case, he instead made a gruesome and botched attempt attempt to take his own life. He was oh, then geez. yeah, he was then incarcerated in a series of psychiatric institutions and given a series of psych- psychotropic drugs, according to Walden who says that his life was saved by a single simple invitation from London. On paper, he was still laboratory. Okay, so he's like in he he he's in the hospital yeah. in, in these psychiatric psychiatric hospitals. But on paper, he was still the laboratory chief for the Sochi Games in 2014. So he was invited to join London 2012 testing chief David Cow- Cowan at the Harlow Laboratory for the 2012 Games. It was an intelligence gathering opportunity that couldn't be missed, and the invitation for him. Uh, was for him alone. So he was released and officially cleared of all charges. <laughs> wow. Okay. Oh, Russia. <laughs> yeah, really. At this stage, the drug of choice used by many Russian athletes was oral, was oral turin, turinabol, a drug created as part of another state-sponsored doping program in East Germany during the 70s. Already by the time of this lab visit, Rachenkov knew Russia would most likely wholesale be caught not at the games themselves but through subsequent retrospective testing and uh with a new groundbreaking test coming out for a long-term metabolites uh the reason he knew this was that he had discovered the test 
So right. he made the test. So right. he's like, you're going to get caught eventually. Right. And published his findings in 2011, despite the fact that he knew it would prove costly to Russian in the future. Why he did this remains a mystery. It's almost like he wanted to get caught. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, as we know, he came up with, with a new reg- uh, regimen, famously known as the Duchess Cocktail, which uh, you guys know. Um, and it was... Uh, it was oxandrolone, met- metanolone, and trenbolone. Yum. Uh, a dr- <laughs> <laughs> also good for allergies. <laughs> Very right. for allergies. That's the heavy duty stuff. <laughs> <laughs> a drug used to enhance growth in farm animals. Uh, as which that's uh, scary. Um, <laughs> as yet, none of them are detectable using long-term metabolite testing. Uh, at the Sochi Winter Games, the cocktail was taken with alcohol. As we said, shiva whiskey for the men, vermouth for the women. Unbelievable. Amazing. <laughs> who, who concocted that menu? I like to think they had a sommelier on hand that was there <laughs> as well. A, mixing, a mixologist. A mixologist, yeah, exactly. Little suspenders and a fedora. Exactly. <laughs> Just sprinkling so, the steroids in there with an eyedropper. It had to be swilled around the mouth before being spat out. The drugs enter the body through the cells of the cheek. It's before the Russian doping machine had uh, relied on giving athletes drugs during training. This time, the Duchess cocktail was taken during the games, too. I think we need to put the Olympics up because it's like so meaningless anyway. Why are we even like care so much that we're running this big state-sponsored cheating thing? Could not agree more. Could not agree more with you, Amanda. I have, I have, I have to admit, I have some complicated feelings about this scandal, Rebecca. Oh, because. It's not- it's funny because fact checker Chris and I were actually talking about this a couple of days ago about sort of like the uh, the Russian nihilist the, the the nihilist streak in the Russian character. That's like <laughs> there is a streak. I feel like sort of one of the sort of main ethoses in like the Russian soul is like the world is bad. Everyone is bad. The world is full of crooks. We, so we just might as well crook the best. I'm like we. <laughs> And, like, we might as well mm-hmm. cheat the best. And we are the best at cheating. And we cheat the KGB, the misinformation that we spread all over the world, Olympic doping for 30 years. And it's like, we know, we know you know we cheat. We don't care. If you catch us, good on you. We're going to keep cheating. We've been cheating. We're cheating now. And we're going to continue cheating. And, like, and we are so good at it that... Uh, that it is like Amanda said, they've elevated cheating almost to its own. It's its own. It's um, Olympic sport. Olympic event. Should, exactly. It, it should. They should <laughs> give medals to the the best cheater. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. So is that like Russian nihilism, or like is that what we should put on the board, or how do what do we say? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm just saying like there, there's this like thing of like. Um, I think they look at like uh, like the American um, sort of um, obsession with fairness. Like, had the American spirit is like, good is rewarded and bad is punished and the world is great and everything's fine and people are good. I think that, like, <laughs> Russia looks at that as like, oh, you naive little child. <laughs> no, <laughs> like I you think s- that feels to me like American naivete. Is exactly. What it is. It's not, it's not yeah. the cheating. That's the scandal. <laughs> it's the fact that we go around thinking that people don't people cheat. Don't people cheat. don't <laughs> cheat. That's right. <laughs> Exactly. And that was who was in the movie, too. It's just like the um, that guy that ran the UCLA lab when they were interviewing him. He was like, everybody dopes. Everybody cheats Um, in every country in all the sports. Maybe some don't. 
And, like, of course, there are degrees, you know what I mean? But, like, everyone is looking for a leg up. Everyone is going to push um, steroids right to the limit, if not go over. Everyone is freezing other people's piss. It's just, like, <laughs> it is so ubiquitous. It's happening everywhere. And it's the so true. Are- if you open up my freezer, it's full of other people's piss. Same. Just in case. <laughs> Same. <laughs> I believe it. At the end yo. of the Olympics, the, the yeah. different countries should submit how... The ways in which they cheated. <laughs> and there should, be a, there should be a medal ceremony, first, second, and third, <laughs> for whoever had the most clever way of getting around the rules to, to win. Yeah. Okay, so I'm putting Russian everybody dopes attitude. I think so. Yeah. And did yeah. you put and- uh, American naivete? Well, yeah, but is it not just American, right? Because we're talking yeah, about no, the Olympics. Right. Yeah, I would say the, the, it's like, it's just like good, like, like moral sport, people. Like, sportsmanship it's like this idea that like sportsmanship is so important and why is it even so important yeah you're competing and and to amanda's point also about the olympics is that like um i think one of the reasons that i was uber charmed by gregory rodachenkov is because like the ioc and the olympics are its own corrupt mess of an organization like the ioc is like not this beacon of 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 ethics uh i mean they have their scandal ridden and they like you know ban they take money from from uh like you know korean politicians to do this and that and like the ioc is in and of itself sort of a nightmare so like the fact that the russians are like cheating the olympics it's like it's like robbing peter to pay paul there's a villain there's a corrupt villain versus corrupt villain element to the scandal i feel like so it's like and that also speaks to the russian thing of like no one's good don't pretend that anyone's good and ethical. Right. Like, we're just the best at being ungood. And we're so good at it, at being ungood. <laughs> well, let's talk about these organizations. I think it's important to put these up on the board. Yeah. And let's start with WADA. Perhaps it's a lack of clear responsibilities uh, uh, that have been, uh, you know, uh, they've been assigned to. This is according to a New York, the, the same New York Times article I referenced before. When the World Anti-Doping Agency was created in 1999, its unstated purpose was to help win back the credibility of global sports in the wake of a, of a huge drug bust in the 1998 Tour de France and bribery scandal involving Salt Lake City's bid to host the 2002 Olympics. Yeah. Well, WADA started with simple pursuits. Its charge with the uh, its charge was to standardize doping rules worldwide and create and oversee individual countries anti-doping programs. Investigative powers were not explicitly written into the agency's code. As time went on, many expected the organization to evolve into a more active regulator and testing body separate from the IOC and the various world governing bodies overseeing Olympic sports. That never happened. Instead, (laughs) drug testing was largely left to national laboratories, a.k.a. self-regulation. Officially, WADA's explicit power to investigate didn't begin until a new code was approved in 2013 and to take effect in 2015 so post sochi right right so there is okay. something about like um what what's the word not you know people refer to like the tsa in airports as like security theater like it's not actually providing ah. security but it's like the perf- performative security so there's something about wada that's like performative regu- regulation like we're oh. we're Ooh. we're sort of invent we're creating wada to like keep an eye on all the doping but really 
they're not. It's just like to appease the Salt Lake City scuff up and like to sort of make the Olympics as an organization look legit, even though everybody knows everybody's cheating. Everybody right. knows that everyone's cheating. So, like, yeah. then WADA is just created as, like, yeah, sort of regulatory theater or something. Mm-hmm. I like that, Amanda. Okay. Put that up. Okay, so I'm going to put – okay, so Adam said a couple of good things. So either – what did you call it? Regulatory theater or performative intervention? Yeah. Which one do yeah. – I like regulatory like? theater. Okay. I like that, too. So – and Chris, you like that as an actor. You love theater. Uh, yeah, I, I love just going to the theater. The um, – <laughs> The regulatory, the regulatory theater. theater. <laughs> That's for your... <laughs> Specifically that type of theater. Yeah, yeah. He loves going through TSA. Um, <laughs> he's like, he's and once he goes through, studies. he gives them a standing ovation. Bravo! He doesn't, Chris doesn't even get on the flight. He goes to the airport just to go through TSA <laughs> and just goes back yeah. home. Yeah. Yeah. Now, let's talk about these conflicts of interest uh, within WADA. Uh, New York Times article, interview with dozens of official athletes in the Olympic movement uh, revealed that the global anti-doping watchdog mishandled allegations of widespread corruption, failed to investigate rigorously, and was hampered by politics to the point that it was largely ineffective in its mission to protect the integrity of sports. The one thing it's supposed to do. Right. Okay. Uh, Multiple warnings about Russia were sent to WADA over the past several years, and its response was left... Uh, athletes and officials questioning whether the agency is willing to aggressively combat doping. WADA's decision-making body is composed of government and Olympic representatives, an arrangement that represents possible uh, conflicts because the Olympic officials might not be inclined to reveal doping transgressions that could mar the integrity of the games, while government officials could be more could be more inclined to protect the athletes from their own countries. Of course. Yeah, no <laughs> it makes sense. Of course. It's like the fox watching the hen house kind of situation. It's like, yeah. oh, these are your police? Yeah, it's like, this is not going to work. Dr. Lynjiksvist, I said that wrong, vice president of WADA from 2008 and to 2013, said he repeatedly raised concerns about Russia. The agency considered penalties against the nation, but in the end, he said the inherent conflicts of interest within WADA and the Olympic movement won. The matter was set aside because it was uh, too politically ineffective. He said, Annie Parkinson, the founding executive director of Britain's anti-doping agency, said WADA's structure was good in theory, but too often resulted in stalemates within with Olympic loyalists and national officials rarely agreeing. It's really hard to strip away the perception of that conflict, Mr. Parkinson said. Right. Absolutely. Of course. I mean, another thing was that they did. They're accepting bribes. Right. (laughs) So let's. Put accepting bribes up on the board. Yeah, and, and I also yeah. and I just want to say and like this is the la- I don't want to harp on this, but like it all feeds into this the, like this Russian philosophy of like everyone's crooked, everyone's a crook. Like might as well crook, might as well be an elite crook. And like every piece of evidence about this whole scandal, I think points points to that. The IOC is crooked. Lance Armstrong's doping over here. Everybody's doing it. So we're just going to do it so well. And to Amanda's previous point, it's like we're going to invent little contraptions and like drill holes in the wall and like raise cheating to like this James Bond level of <laughs> of ingenuity and like efficiency that like is is borderline impressive. <laughs> yeah. Makes it's you like, think of like, like they hold elections for president. Did you know that in Russia? And like Putin wins like nine 
95% of the vote like every time. Yeah, exactly. Like every part of their system is like, oh, yeah, you know, we're doing democracy over here. Yeah, no problem over <laughs> wink, here. Wink, wink. Definitely democracy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think to that point, it's like I know, Rebecca, you have a ton about WADA. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like we do have WADA on the board. Okay. But I think it's still super interesting. Let's go through it. But I think just let's put like Russian corruption like russian government corruption absolutely too let's yeah. do it and we and we can talk about it now too i mean it's it's there's corruption everywhere i mean we got to put putin up on the board we uh, yeah <laughs> we also do have to put the the russian anti-doping agency yeah Ru- rusada so that's the, um, specifically the Russian, the in-house national anti-doping thing. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So New York Times, uh, Vitaly, uh, this is a New York Times article again. Vitaly Stepanov, who was from Russia but studied at Pace University in Manhattan, began working in anti-doping education at the Russian agency in 2008. The same year, the agency was offic- officially funded. Uh, The more he learned about how the agency operated, the more he realized that the Russian system was far from the accepted standard. (laughs) (laughs) Sports officials told him he did not need to test some athletes because they were clean, Mr. Stepanov said. Athletes and coaches offered him bribes to dispose of positive tests. Workers at the National Anti-Doping Lab were covering up failed drug drug tests and higher ups in Russian sports ministry were part of that scheme. The ministry's goal is not to make sports clean, but to win medals for the country. Mr. Stepanov said in a mm. phone interview. So here's something that I would like to submit and put on the board uh, or, or just submit to you a uh, great, great alarmist, um, which is again, something that Amanda kind of alluded to before, which is like, I think part of this too is, and it's something that I feel like we've even discussed on a previous podcast, um, which is like the the uh, degree to which sports and like uh, and like achieving in sport is tied into national identity and the import and the weight that like sports and and excelling in the Olympics uh, is um, can like a country's confidence can wax and wane with how well they do in sport. I think that like because those two things are so intertwined that like Russia feels like they need to achieve and excel and beat the Americans and beat the rest of the world and they felt that way since I don't know forever or whatever but just like tying your national identity to like excellence in sport uh something in there Uh, yeah well it's interesting you bring that up because that was actually the listener recommendation that I was gonna suggest oh great and this is coming from Instagram uh uh, listener Helen Kins one at Helen Kins one and uh they said the need to be seen as the best superpower country right that's what they, which I think is tied into what you're saying about like that, and that's tied into sport. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think that, like, and also, and again, I'm no Russian historical scholar, but wasn't the Sochi thing? Like, I feel like there has been, I, I've read some things about how, like, this 2014 Sochi scandal and them being stripped of all their medals and, like, the humiliation, almost the personal humiliation that Putin felt was like then like instigated him almost out of spite and being mad about that he invaded ukraine which led to this like there was this whole sort of like geopolitical um cascading fallout from this like again 
humiliating experience from Putin's point of view of this Sochi Olympic Mm. scandal and being caught and stripped and banned from the subsequent Olympics. Uh, And I think it just all comes from like what your listener submitted, um, this pride that is associated with sport needing to be the best superpower and just – Putin's and, own fragile personal ego, his own personal ego. That's what ego. I was going to say because it's it's such a fra- like a, a a fragile pride. Yeah. Like a, a, you know, national pride because one year you could be on top and the next year it's it's unsustainable. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah, that kind of jingoism or just like Russia, like Russian exceptionalism, Russian were the best Russia. So if you believe that, then if your country is caught cheating and stripped of all your Olympic medals and disgraced on this global international scale, then yeah, that's like crushing. That's crushing. It's crushing. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like if you lose at a game of Monopoly and then you just kick everyone out of your house. Yeah, exactly. Party's over. <laughs> That's right. That is, what, but, that is what happens. In all fairness, though, Monopoly's long and by that time you're probably tired. A game of Monopoly <laughs> takes as long as the Olympics, to be honest. <laughs> if not longer. Rebecca, Rebecca and I once had a double date with some friends and we were playing Monopoly and our two friends whose house we were at uh, we uh, they, lost. Yeah, they, they lost bank, and we were bankrupt. winning. <laughs> And, and we just stayed an extra hour playing. I kept playing Monopoly for like a full 45 so. minutes while our friends were like dozing off watching us. Oh they should have been more like Putin and kicked us out. They kicked you out. All right, guys, we got to go. Yeah. Like, we don't care who wins. And we're like, shh, 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 shh. We have to put the International Olympic Committee uh, up on the board, the IOC as well, another committee. Uh, New York Times, uh, the International Olympic Committee is in charge of the Olympic Games and derives tremendous revenue from the IO, uh, from them. IOC officials were going to lead WADA, a doping watchdog. The IOC is hiding behind WADA, General McCaffrey said in a recent phone interview, suggesting negative attention was deflected from one organization to another, and WADA is hiding behind a flawed structure. Yeah, the IOC is a mess. The IOC is kind of a mess. And can I make a bit of a prediction here? So, like, right now, the Olympics are having a bit of a nightmare PR moment in our current time. And I wouldn't be surprised if, like, the IOC, if the Olympics, there's some doping, new doping scandal this year, 2020 Tokyo, to sort of distract from the IOC's various misdeeds. Um, So, yeah, Mm. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't. I don't like the I don't like those guys over there. <laughs> Put them up on the board. Put them up on the board. <laughs> They're up. Um, now I want to talk about the WADA president Craig Reedy. Yeah. Now uh, the New York Times said in 2014 Craig Reedy, a longtime IOC official. So this is why that's so the new uh, the WADA president was a longtime IOC official. Yeah. Uh, who had okay. been involved with WADA from the start became the new WADA president in anti. In anti-doping circles, he is not regarded as an aggressive crusader. Yeah. <laughs> many, <laughs> many anti-doping experts and athletes saw his dual role as vice president of, IOC, of the IOC as emblematic of the conflict that they saw was derailing WADA. 
quote, we're not going to turn to people and say, these are the rules, obey them, Mr. Reedy said. Hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. We would never do that. We're not going to say play by the rules. That would be absurd. Yeah. (laughs) He explained that WADA was better suited to offer sports federations and countries advice when they asked for it rather than pursue accusations of cheating. Yeah. In fairness, I mean, there's only so much that, you know, a group can do, right? They need to know what, what they're there for. Yes, but also let's do let's do the job, right? Well, the judge at least try. <laughs> Don't say that you're not trying. <laughs> They're like, we're just here to Please answer questions to... about cheating. If the countries happen to have any, we're not going to well, actually. That's a good, well, it's it. It, that's why it kind of goes back to uh, um, what was the first thing? Like unclear response, lack of clear responsibilities. Right. It's like you know, we don't expect the judge to go. Like if he see if a judge is like in a diner and he there's like a stick up like he's not going to go and stop the, right. the, the robber right even though he's on that side of like justice where he is the one who will eventually meet out sort of like the punishment for that kind of crime sure yeah time and place context context of authority <laughs> is like such a muddy thing so many committees who has jurisdiction over what it's a good point yeah yeah um, so w- when Mr. Reedy took over, the inquiry into Russia's stalled, according to several people at WADA. When news of Russia's doping was leaked in December of 2014, WADA was forced to start an investigation. Four months into the inve- that investigation, Natalia Zelena- Zelenova, an advisor to the Russian sports minister, received an e- email from Mr. Reedy. Mr. Reedy assured Mrs. Zelenova that Russia was going to be... F- fine because quote there is no action being taken by wada that is critical of the efforts that i know have been made or are being made to improve anti-doping efforts in russia he continued to say quote on a personal level i value the relationship i have with minister mutko and i shall be grateful if you will inform him that there is no intention in wada to do anything to affect the relationship mr reedy Mm. wrote yeah so (laughs) So they're like all in cahoots together. Is that the gist of that? That like Wada knows it, it, that the it, there is a theatrical element to what you were, you know, saying here. It's like if if the prosecutor like you know reaches out to the defendant's you know lawyer yeah. and is like, hey, we're gonna go through with this, but like, don't worry, I don't really want him to go to jail. That's right. You know? Uh, but you know, it's like let, let's just put on the show because exactly. everyone's watching, and they yeah. all heard about the case. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's it's it's a bit of a sh- it's a bit of a, sh- a performance, a performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like, what's the most surreal thing about it is that like it's like this idea of an open secret. Is that like everybody? It, it does seem that like everybody knows it's a performance or something, but we're all, but like everyone is just playing along. And then it takes one weirdo like Grigory Rodchenkov, like one yeah. loose cannon, <laughs> wild card, crazy eccentric man to be like, and like one of the quotes at the beginning of Icarus, wasn't it like some Orwell quote that was like, um, Oh yeah. He was obsessed with 1984. Loves Orwell. Of course. (laughs) I mean, of course, well, like it's very Orwellian that the anti-doping agency is the doping agency. I mean, (laughs) anti-doping means doping. I mean, that's what that means. Uh, but the quote at the beginning of the movie was something like in a time of, of rampant lying to tell the truth is a revolutionary act. Or just to tell oh, the truth. Oh, and like that's so, so, you, good. so you have this guy Gregory who's like 
in the in the midst of all the IOC and WADA and the Russian Minister of Sport all sort of like n- winking and nodding at each other that like, yes, we're all doping and yes, you're investigating it and yes, don't worry about it and yes, it's all still happening. It takes one wild card like Gregory to actually tell the truth and look what happens. Yeah. It's dangerous. His life was, was at risk as a result. Yeah. Crazy. So we have so many good things up on the board. Is there anything we want to throw up one uh, before we start knocking things off? I have one. I have one thought, uh, and I'm no scientist, but urine pee pee is so pee-pee? so involved in this story, <laughs> and if it does seem like if there was a slight, if there was a new, different, improved version of drug testing that wasn't so pee pee focused. Uh, <laughs> That because the PP is so easily manipulatable and swapped out for healthy PP, etc. That if there was some way to <laughs> test for drugs uh, that it, that wasn't so urine focused, uh, oh, okay. I just mm. wonder if not so, poo poo either. That's not a little not peeping up poo poo. <laughs> I just wonder if there's some way, and I don't have the answer. Uh, but I, it just it did occur to me rewatching the documentary. I was like, wow, there is something that is so like. Uh, and maybe it is the only way. You have to like see what's in their bloodstream. How else are you going to do that? So it's yeah. like, but blood, blood, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe the blood. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking about that, but then maybe you know DNA. They'll they're going to copy you or yeah. something. Maybe that's the fear. It was just the way that Gregory was like. In the documentary, he's like, oh, this is so easy. It's so easy to cheat. Like, it's, it's mm. a cinch. Yeah. And There's I was a like, moment <laughs> where he's shaking the guy's pee in a, in a little bottle. Yeah. And then the guy's like, what are those flakes? And he was like, these are your sins. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's like joking and not joking. That's the whole yes, thing, right? It's not a joke, but it's, it's funny. <laughs> and there's that scene when he's in La, he flies to Los Angeles to, like, to collect the filmmaker cyclist's urine. And he's like, and Gregory Ritacek was like, oh, this is so dangerous. Like, don't film me. Like, this is mafia. And he's like kidding. But also he's like, it is mafia. <laughs> like, he's not, wow. he's joking, but he's not he's joking. Incredible <laughs> character. Incredible guy. Okay, I yeah. love that. Now, let's take a quick break and we're going to come back and start knocking things off the list. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Alarmist. Okay, hit us, Chris. <laughs> okay, who's to blame for the Olympic <laughs> doping scandal? Is it Vladimir Putin? Uh, director Grigory Rodchenkov? Uh, the Olympics themselves, yeah. Russian everybody dopes attitude, good sportsmanship myth, WADA and the lack of clear responsibilities, regulatory theater, WADA corruption, Russian government corruption, Russian anti-doping agency, the need to be seen as the best superpower country, fragile national pride, sports. I took the liberty. <laughs> You just threw sports in there? Sports. Okay. She's allowed. She's allowed. Inter- <laughs> International Olympic Committee, Craig Reedy, or Pee-Pee. pee-pee. <laughs> You're right. That's the best word. Pee-Pee. Um, yeah. Now, what are we going to take off of here? Everything is, is, is culpable. I was going to say, this is a daunting list because this all sounds right to me. Like a, a cocktail... If of all these feels like the answer, but um, yeah, our job is hard. That At the end of the so day, hard. we've got to take out the vial, fill it up with one of these babies, <laughs> and inject it into our prison. So, <laughs> which right. one's it going to be? <laughs> um, um, I mean, I feel like there's some water. There's a little bit of water redundancy, perhaps, on the list, and yeah. I just maybe we could. Mm-hmm. But between water, lack of clear responsibility, the regulatory theater, and Craig Reedy himself, it feels like that's all kind of maybe of a piece or something perhaps. Yeah. I was going to say, let's yeah. keep regulatory theater. Yeah. Um, 
But I think that we can put fold the rest because I think regulatory theater is is a bigger issue, right? Right. Um, than just the water program, pretending the, to police. The, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I like that. Let's cool. fold the others into that. Um. A, a lot of this, like the good sportsmanship, and sorry, if, if I, I mean, okay. no, yeah. So like so the good sportsmanship myth. That uh, again, I think like American naivete, the good sportsmanship myth. I do feel like that that almost is like the con the context, it, like yeah. in which this scandal occurred, uh, uh, as opposed to almost like the, the the cause of it. Do you know what I mean? I mean that's just I think just true. Like Amer like well, yeah. here's the thing. Uh, uh, we should all be alarmed. This is the thing. We should all be alarmist. Why are we walking around thinking that everything is fine? Exactly. Right? We should be questioning things all the time. Exactly. And I think that that's what they were trying to do by creating this anti-doping, uh, uh, you know, program or, or, or water or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but then you have to question the, the, there should have been more questioning is all I'm saying. Yeah. Amongst yeah. everyone. Yeah. So I'm going to take off good sportsmanship myth and the Russian everybody dopes attitude because those can also sort of be tied up into the Olympics in general yeah. or into like fragile national yeah, pride. Yeah, totally. Kind of. totally. Yeah. Should we maybe fold the Olympics into uh, na uh, fragile national pride? Like why else are we doing the Olympics? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> or vice versa. Fold national pride into the Olympics. I, but right? I feel yeah. like fragile national pride came before the Olympics. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Well, how the, yeah, that's true. I mean, the Olympics go really far back. A ancient <laughs> Greece, I think, right? <laughs> huh. yeah. So the fact that they started uh, at around the same time, that says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That the world, no, yeah, the world started in ancient Greece. No, I'm not. Yeah. Kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, okay, so I'll fold Olympics into fragile national pride, which also feels similar to the need to to um, the need to be seen as the best superpower country. To me, feels mm -hmm. very yeah. like a subset of net fragile national pride. Need yes. to be the best. Sport matters. The amount of gold medals that we have uh, equates to my sense of national pride. Is is that's a slippery slope? Yeah, and you know, uh, Amanda, I like that you put sports in, and I hadn't brought it up. Uh, I, I didn't think of bringing it up. <laughs> uh, so thank you. Uh, and I would like to add, it's like competitive sport. Uh, you know, yeah. sport for competition because we can sport alone or sport for fun. You can casual sport, absolutely. You can just go for a run. Okay. You're not just competing don't count against the anybody. Baskets like play <laughs> just... basketball, but just don't count the. <laughs> no, you can Basket. count the baskets and like I guess one side can win, and I guess you can want to win. But like, sort of like the Montessori school approach to sport. It's just sort <laughs> well, of like they, we're just doing they, it for the experience. There's no winners and losers here. Well, there was the, in 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 native in certain native uh, cultures, uh, Native American, they would play um, lacrosse without any goals. They would literally just pick the ball up and run around and then try to knock it out of the stick. That's cool. It's just that was just sport without like there wasn't like a winner or a loser at the end of it. It was like let's run around. <laughs> And isn't this fun? Just this carry is fun. the ball. Yeah, yeah. Carry the ball, run around, somebody will get you. Somebody then, will get you. We'll stop when we're tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, so you want me to clarify competitive sports yeah. or do we are we wanting to take sports? No, I off think we should board. leave it for now. Like uh it still makes sense to me. I, I think we can take pee pee off. 
I think Pee- it's time. Pee-pee can go. Pee-pee can go. Yeah. <laughs> but Ugh. you're right. We should come up with a better system. This has got to be a non-pee-pee way, maybe. I, I also think we can fold uh, the Russian anti-doping agency into the Russian government corruption, yeah. right? This yeah. This is all feeling right. Nice to con- feels good to consolidate, doesn't it? Totally. <laughs> yeah. Um, And, you know, one of these, I, I feel like, do we fold Russian government corruption into Putin? Well, I was I was Russia? actually going to say, to me, the Putin, it's like there's fragile national pride, yes. But then there's like Vladimir Putin himself, the man's own ego and pride, like his mm, own yeah. personal pride and like mm-hmm. crazy Russian jingoism. And and I mean, wasn't he like a KGB officer in, in mm-hmm. before he was? Yeah. I mean, like. Cheating and corruption, that is the the pool in which he swims, baby. That's yeah, the that's only his, thing he knows. That's his uh, language. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So do we want to wrap up Russian government corruption into Putin? Yeah. I like that Sounds idea good, personally. yeah. And then I think we can also wrap up uh, Grigory Yes, Rajenkov. into Putin, In, into Putin yeah. too, because he, like he said, I mean, he's no angel, but he was just following exactly. orders, and this is the price you pay to, you know, try to do this sort of research in Russia. It's yeah. like. And, and rewatching the documentary also, um, to your point, Rebecca, before about like wanting to get caught, I was I was like s- sort of marveling at the fact I was like almost him agreeing to do this documentary or have this like American filmmaker, L.A. cyclist dude follow him around with the camera was almost in and of itself felt like a cry for help. Yeah. It felt like he was tired. He's like, yeah. I'm just tired of doing this. Exactly. <laughs> Seriously. He's like, Cheating fatigue? Yeah, cheating fatigue. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Truly, yeah. Oh, man. Um, Okay, so we have Putin, WADA, regulatory theater, fragile national pride, competitive sports, and international Olympic committee. Let's, okay, yeah, let's take off competitive sports, I guess. Basketball, baseball, every everything can go on. That's fine. Well, yeah, we'll take it off. But I just want to say, like, if people take it too seriously, yeah, don't take it too seriously. <laughs> chill out. It's a game in general, you can chill out about just it. Just like everyone. if you win, be happy. If you lose, be like, oh man. Just but just that's it. Go out that's for it. a burger afterwards. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Relax. Yeah. And it would be fine if it weren't for a fragile national pride. Yes. Like if people, because when we're talking like the Olympics, I mean, that's really what makes people cheat. So I think either fragile national pride can get rolled up into Putin or vice versa. I think yeah. vice versa, because it's a bigger issue, right? It, I mean, I guess we are talking about the che- Russian doping scandal, too. though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But in, in uh, you know, there's been a lot of people caught cheating, not just Russians. But but it is I think it could go either way. Ooh, that's a hard one. Yes. Putin is such a such a f- like perfect manifestation of fragile national pride. Correct. Too, yeah, it's so embodies true. It. It so Let, true. Let's go. Let's it. go with Putin then. Yes. Okay. Um, okay. And I and then what about regulatory theater now being wrapped up into WADA? I yeah. think vice versa. I think you can wrap okay. up WADA into regular because it's Respect. just one of the many organizations that are regulatory theater. And how about same with the IOC, the International Olympic Committee? Well, here's the thing. We've got three left and we got to figure out who we're going to slap and who we're going to send to jail. We've got we're Putin, regulatory theater and International Olympic Committee. And this is a hard one. This is tough. All culpable, all guilty. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. Okay, I have I can't believe I'm going to say this. I can't say believe I'm going to say this. I'm bracing myself. 
but I think we should I think we should send International Olympic Committee to the alarmist jail over Putin. Wow. And a part of me wants to slap regulatory theater. Oh my god. <laughs> and I can't I just I can't believe I So Putin gets away I'm Scott mad Ray? at myself. I'm ashamed at myself and mad at myself. But I, I, now let me say this. I think we could wrap regulatory theater into the IOC. Oh. Well, the IOC, I mean, that's the thing about this regulatory theater concept. Yeah, it was these people who approved that idea that was sort of like they came up with this. They came up with WADA. Fugazi. That's that's why exactly right. more, in my mind, they're more to blame because it's, it's like, like, who do you blame for the regulatory theater, the theater itself or the people who wrote the theater? Oh, whoa, well, I like can't David even go there. Mamet? Is it David Mamet or is it Bill Macy? Is it the guy performing it? Exactly. Or is it, now is it you're Mamet speaking. Who wrote is it the, the audience who paid, who paid money to go watch the show? We didn't even talk oh. about the audience. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> or the athlete. This is why I think regulatory theater is so big um, yeah. in this in, in, in this scandal. Because yes. in, in a way, it, it really encapsulates like why we're all culpable. We're like, let us have our Olympics anyway. I know people are doping, but but they're gonna someone's gonna get a gold medal, and we're gonna like hurrah hurrah, and then they're gonna be on the cover of a cereal box. <laughs> exactly. Let and us like, have our theater. Exactly. And if like one, and if we need to make an example of like one person, like like Shakari Richardson who like smoke weed, if we need to make an example of like one person, so be it. Throw them to the dogs so we can enjoy our sport. If I mean that like is a, so screwed up. I can't even. I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I can't even. Let I know. Go Tell there. me about it. Tell me about it. Um, it's just it, it's a it's a problem. It's a yeah. problem. And then and there are people that are actually like facing the consequence of this theater right. performance that we're all just like wa- going there to watch. Yes. Yes. Uh, or allowing yeah. to happen. Oh my God! Do this we do we send regulatory theater to the alarmist jail then? And and we slap. And we slap the International Olympic Committee or do we slap Putin? I don't know what to do here. I need help. <laughs> um, I, gosh, my, my regulatory theater is the idea. To me, the IOC are the exactors of that theater. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's my impulse. Is okay. that like, to me, I, I would like, to me, I'm bloodthirsty here. I want to blame someone. I want someone to be punished and to go to alarmist jail. And like, to me, like I'm thirsting for the IOC. Th- th- this is my impulse. Is that the, okay, uh, the, the IOC. The, uh, those are the faces and the That's and what the I think, too. Beings. That was my instinct. Yeah. But then I just can't live with myself letting letting Putin off the hook as as was... I mean, this is history repeating itself. Exactly. In this exact scenario. He's a slippery snake. He gets away with this kind of stuff. You're, you wouldn't be the first. He does. Yeah. <laughs> so you agree with that, Amanda, that we let him get off? No, I, I think we got to... We have to be people bringing justice to Putin. It's our job. Okay, I, I okay. Then then this is what I'm going to do. I I I understand what you he- I, I hear what you say, uh-huh. Adam. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm going to go a different route, and I'm going to respect. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to send Putin to the alarmist jail, and I'm going to slap regulatory theater, and I'm okay. Well, and I'm mad at the IOC. Oh, I'm mad. I'm big mad, <laughs> and I'm going to stay. Also mad. have the back. We also have the backhand. Don't forget, we've often they, used they the do, backhand. They deserve the backhand. They yes. deserve okay, the backhand. Let's because do I do think they're connected. I do think they're connected. Absolutely. Um, okay, I'm going to call it. Regulatory theater, 
you're getting the big slap. International Olympic Committee, here comes that backhand. Putin, you're going to the alarmist jail. Oh my God, we got him. Wow. I can't tell you how satisfying that feels. <laughs> finally, finally, someone was able to bring that man to justice. This, feel, if, this feels great. <laughs> I feel great about this. I can't wait to talk to our guest expert. I hope we got this right. She's going to be like, what'd you do? <laughs> uh, I can't wait to tell my kid. He's going to be thrilled about this. He couldn't sleep last night worrying about this. So he's going to be, he's going to be so pumped that we came to the right conclusion yeah well everyone can rest easy tonight Putin's in the alarmist jail we're making we're making space for him and Adam thank you so much for joining us and helping us get to the bottom of who's to blame for the Russian Olympic doping scandal truly always a pleasure thank you so much for having me Rebecca Amanda and fact checker Chris after the Russian Olympic doping scandal In 2019, Russia received a four-year ban from the world's top sporting events as part of a sanctions package recommended by WADA. In December 2020, the Court of Arbitration for Sport upheld the doping sanctions preventing Russian athletes from competing under their country's flag, but cut the ban in half, reducing it by two years. Though the ban will end on December 16, 2022, It still includes the 2021 Summer Olympics, 2022 Winter Olympics, and 2022 World Cup. Dr. Grigory Rachenkov fled Russia shortly after confessing his involvement in the scandal. He remains in the United States under the Witness Protection Program. Fearing for their safety, Vitaly and Yulia Stepanov fled Russia in 2014, having been labeled traitors, with Vladimir Putin specifically referring to Yulia as Judas. They moved to the United States in 2015 on the promise of a job that never materialized. Their subsequent application for asylum to remain in the U.S. is still pending. In April of 2017, the International Association of Athletics Federations founded the Athletics Integrity Unit, AIU, to combat doping in sports. Since 2017, more than 200 athletes and officials have been banned for doping offenses. Vote for who you think is to blame by going to thealarmistpodcast.com. Follow us at the Alarmist the on Twitter, at the Alarmist Podcast on Instagram, or email us at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com. Tune in next week. We're discussing the 1972 Munich Massacre. It's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's oseamalibu.com code GLOW. When you visit Arizona, time is measured in moments, not minutes. Like the moment you see the Grand Canyon for the first time. Visit a new state of mind. Learn more at hereyouareaz.com.